that they heard he had done this sign. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the crowd that met Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, the crowd that went out to see him, went out to see Jesus because he had raised Lazarus from the dead. You see, Bethany, where Lazarus lived, was close to Jerusalem. And so when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead there in that small town, everyone in the area had heard about it. It was the raising of Lazarus from the dead, the last and the greatest of the signs that Jesus did as recorded in the Gospel of John. The others, turning water into wine, healing an official's son, healing at the pool of Bethesda, feeding the 5,000, walking on water, healing the man born blind. Certainly, certainly such a man as Jesus who had done these signs, who then had raised Lazarus from the dead as the festival of the Passover was about to begin, and Jerusalem was swelling to capacity with visitors from all over the country, certainly this man was worth seeing. What? A man who raised another man from the dead? We need to go out and see this man. So the comment of the Apostle John, so our text, the reason the crowd went to meet him was that they'd heard he had done this sign. Now, back before the days of television, the days of radio, back before mass communication made the necessity of going out to see such a person, a, a hero of some sort or a famous figure, to see them and to hear them became unnecessary. People in towns and cities around our country would routinely flock to see the special person who was entering their town. Now here we can think of those famous whistle-stop tours of Theodore Roosevelt and Franklin Roosevelt and Harry Truman would crisscross the country on railroad trains and stop in towns and speak from the back of the train. Nowadays, of course, such mass flocking is reserved for what? The winners of the Super Bowl or World Series champions or NBA victors. Everyone else, it seems, we're content to view from the comfort of our home. Still, if someone were to do such a sign today as raise a person from the dead, raise them out of the grave at a cemetery, would we go out to see them? If Jesus himself appeared visibly among us, would the masses want to see him? Probably so. Why? Well, to see if he'd do another miracle perform another sign. And that's just the problem. The problem of Palm Sunday. Yes, it was good and right for, and just for the crowds to go out to welcome Jesus, for it was true. He was the son of David. And he was the king of Israel. But their main interest was the sign. 
a sign he had done. Yes, it is right for us nowadays to gather together regularly and sing the praises of the very Son of God become man, Jesus Christ, thanking him, thanking him for all that he has done for us, imploring him to continue to be with us and to help us, and yet, yet, we are dogged by the idea of coming out to see Jesus, not really because of who he is. That is our Lord and Savior from sin and death and the devil, our King. But of what he's done for us in the past. You see, Jesus would not be crucified really for what he had done. Those seven signs. He wasn't crucified for turning water into wine or healing the official son or healing at the pool of Bethesda, feeding the 5,000, walking on water, or healing of the man born blind, finally the raising of Lazarus from the dead. No, no, Jesus was not crucified for performing these signs. Jesus was crucified out of jealousy, out of envy. The envy, the jealousy of the leaders of the Jews for the political power which Jesus appeared to have because the people were going out to see him. Now Pilate, he figured this out. Pilate, knowing as we read in the Gospel of Matthew that the Jews had brought Jesus to him out of envy, knew that's what was going on. The Gospel reading for today, we heard the Pharisees seeing the goings-on of Palm Sunday saying to one another, you see, you can do nothing, talking to each other. You can do nothing. Look, the world's going out after him. Now, hundreds of years before, something similar had occurred after the young David's continual success in leading the army of King Saul. The, the women of Israel greeted that success by singing, you remember this from Sunday school, Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. Now that didn't sit well with Saul, did it? And soon after, Saul tried to kill David. Returning to the events of Palm Sunday, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, greeted by the people because of the sign which he had done and being resented by the leaders of the people for the attention he was receiving. Well, familiar, we are familiar with that feeling, aren't we? With resentment. And we'll, we're familiar with envy as well and familiar with jealousy. Maybe it was a time we had a crush on someone in high school. I don't even know if they say that anymore, but I'll just say it, okay? The time we had a crush on someone in high school, but the person we had a crush on liked someone else, someone else we began to resent. Maybe it was a time a talent was exhibited by someone to the acclaim of everyone, well, of everyone except for us who envied their talent. Maybe envy, resentment, jealousy still appear when the new person at work just seems always to say the right thing and do the right thing and be in the right place at the right time and so are experiencing a meteoric rise in the company, one that we haven't experienced nor ever will. Of course, when it comes to our life in Christ, our faith in Christ, our confession of Christ, our reception of Christ, in, with, and under the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper. When it comes to our going out, we could say, to see Christ, that is to live the life of faith, don't we encounter 
the same type of jealousy? Same type of envy? Same type of resentment? Well, certainly the, the devil doesn't want us to spend time here in this church building hearing the word of God, hearing about Jesus, hearing how he, the devil, was defeated and rendered powerless by the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. Yes, the devil does resent the fact that we're here. And the world doesn't like it either. Even though a greater part of the world this morning is still sleeping, laying in bed, sipping a cup of coffee, surfing the internet, maybe doing all of those things at the same time. Why does the world, our friends, our family, resent our going out to see Jesus, our going to church, our following Jesus? Because by doing so, we're not following them. Doing what they're doing. Participating in a Sunday morning reverie followed by a brunch and a nice afternoon stroll. Yes, yes, they can be nice about it. But make no mistake about it, they'd be happier if we were not here. It's kind of like when a friend or relative insists that we take part in what they're doing, and so we do. We go to their house for whatever reason, and when we get there, we don't end up doing what they had said we were going to do. And we accomplish nothing, and by the time we're done, we realize that all they really wanted for us was for us not to do something else, not to hang out with someone else, to show our loyalty, our faithfulness somehow to them. So the devil and the world is jealous, envious, resentful of our going out to see Jesus. But let's be honest here, so is our own sinful flesh. Our old Adam, our old Adam has no interest whatsoever in attending church in general and attending all the services of Holy Week in specific. Our old Adam, after all, has so much for us to do, so much that cannot wait, so much that must be done this week. What's that? All the same old stuff it would that we do to make it happy, our old Adam happy. Let's demonstrate that we are still faithful and loyal to him as well. So let us repent. Repent of the times that fearing the resentment, the anger, the jealousy of the devil, the world, and our flesh, we haven't gone out to see Jesus. Being assured that our sins in Jesus through faith in our Savior are forgiven, once again thrill to go out to see him. That is to live daily into the life or in the life into which we're baptized. And that means that we thrill to grasp Jesus by faith every single day. But we do so not simply because of the signs which he performed, but because he truly is the one who comes to us in the name of the Lord. And he does so through his word and through his sacrament riding into our hearts and establishing his kingdom, our life in him, there. And what is that kingdom but a kingdom of righteousness? His righteousness and his peace and his joy. The joy that we now live in the assurance that our failings, our missteps, our stupidities and weaknesses, that is all of that of us caused by the sin that still clings to us, are simply not overlooked. But they're forgiven. Why? So that we can be his own and we can live in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness and innocence and blessedness. Now, is the world going to be happy about that? Is our flesh going to be happy? The devil? 
No, of course not. So let's just get over it. Get over ourselves. And with a confident resolve, a firm commitment, a right spirit that cares not about the devil, the kingdom of this world, and our flesh, but only about our Savior, Jesus Christ, his kingdom, and the new life that he has created within us, thrill that we would be so included, even today, through faith, in welcoming Jesus, not simply into Jerusalem, but into our hearts. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We rise and confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed.